one day, I was walking and I was talking to a couple of friends and they were like, did you check out that awesome beer that some company had that sold out within two days? And I said, really? I said, Who, who's behind this beer? I need to meet her. She's doing some big things in Baltimore. And what a cool name, Discover Charm City. That's a cool name to have. And I'm so excited to have Miss Alicia on the show next on the No Picks of Dark podcast. OpenWorks is Baltimore's largest makerspace, offering access to tools ranging from 3D printers to welders and training in how to use them. OpenWorks also offers affordable studio space, a coffee shop, and fun-free events throughout the year. But OpenWorks is more than a public workshop. It's a community of creative professionals, students, seniors, entrepreneurs, and makers of all kinds. Check out the website at www.openworksbmore.org or Instagram at open underscore works underscore bmore for class schedules, membership options, and more. Welcome to the No Picks as a Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. We have a show for you today. I've been trying to get a hold of this person for like a year. I mean, she is hard to catch up with. You might get an away message like AOL, Instant Messenger, I'm out doing this. She's really heavy in the community doing amazing things. And I'm so excited to have her on the show because it's very important to celebrate black women. And we're celebrating International Women's History Month. And we want to support and we want to show what's going on out here in Baltimore and beyond because she's doing things everywhere. So, Miss Alicia, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm so happy to be here. It's been a long time coming. It has been. <laughs> I'm so excited that you're on the show. Well, thank you for the invite. Thank you. Thanks for coming <laughs> out. I mean, I've been working on it, working through it, and we finally made it happen. So, I'm very, very excited. So, let's tell people a little, a little, bit, a little bit about you before we get into it. Let's get the background. Are you from Baltimore? Are you originally from here? No. So I moved here. It's going on 11 years in October. Um, I basically moved around a lot when I was younger um, for different reasons. And I went to high school in Anne Arundel County, though, and then went off to college in Jackson, Mississippi at Jackson State University. Best school ever. And um, lived there. I got my master's degree there. And then I decided to come back to Maryland in Baltimore is kind of where I landed. Wow, you ended up in Jacksonville State University. So the reason why I know about that because Deion Sanders is down there now. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Wow, for Anne Arundel County to Jack, Mississippi. What what was appealing to Mississippi? Okay, so all of my family is from Mississippi. Okay, okay. Right. Um, my parents went to Jackson State. All my cousins go to Jackson State. Um, it just kind of was a family tradition. I didn't think I'd go anywhere else but Jackson State, and I knew I wanted to go to an HBCU that was in the South and. I mean, of course, you're going to choose Jackson State. <laughs> now, now we know. So that's behind the scenes, folks. Dropping jewels and gems right here. So so then what would you say is your favorite childhood memory growing up? Going to Mississippi. Um, okay. My grandmother lives in Mindenhall, Mississippi, which is a really small town in like 40 miles south of Jackson. And my mom would send me there every summer. I mean, I remember <laughs> she would drive down from Minnesota take me there, drop me off. She might stay a few days and then she'd leave. And I would be on the floor crying, hollering, everything. And my grandma would just be looking at me like, 
girl, get up. Right. <laughs> and, um, but after I stopped crying, it's like the best time of my life. My cousins come down. We're just in the country having a good time. So I think those are my best memories. My great grandmother was there as well. And so I really got an opportunity that I don't think a lot of people get with having such a close relationship with your grandparents. You know, that, that reminds me of my family. Um, we moved all around. We lived in Dallas. We lived in Ohio, Houston, New York. Every summer, my parents dropped me back off in Baltimore. <laughs> and I lived at my grandmother's house all summer yeah. long. Yeah. And I remember, like, it was like, first time, like, I don't want to, I don't want to stay here. But then all my cousins over there. Yeah. And it was like the best. And I didn't want to leave every summer because Absolutely. it was the most amazing thing to do. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that's such an important part of my life and definitely molded me to be like who I am today, 100%. So hold on, what was one of your favorite Southern dishes then? Like you could, if you were in the Ooh. South, like what, like what meal would you, if you could fly back down there right now and have a meal ready for you, hot, piping hot and warm when you got, what would that meal be? I mean, I would definitely would go for like greens, black eyed peas um, and like my grandma's cornbread. Honestly, oh, cool. like I'm cool with that. And then um, my cousins and I, my grandma used to just like use her the cornbread to like sop up everything and eat with her fingers. Yep. And we'd want to do that so bad. We just could never do it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but love yeah, it. that would definitely be exactly what I want to see on the on the stove. Wow, you got me, you got me hungry. Now. I know. Now I'm thinking like. Because my dad's a southern guy, and he's from Alabama. Yeah. And so then, like, my family has catfish farms. Mm. So it was always Fish Fry Friday. Yeah. And it was always catfish. And that's what we grew up on, like, just catfish. Every Friday was fish fry. I love that. No, my grandmother was allergic to seafood. Okay. So I never really had that seafood, um, like, in around me a lot. So it was interesting being introduced to seafood older and I think that's such a um, type of food that like you're introduced to as a young child and you grow up liking. So I think it's just interesting being in Baltimore and seeing people do crabs because that is something that would never <laughs> have happened. And as a grown adult, you're looking at the crabs like, what am I supposed to do? You know? Mm, this is true. This is true. <laughs> so I think you need to be like introduced to that. You definitely, you definitely have to be introduced to that. You definitely. So we talked a little bit about that. Now you left... You came back home. Well, we'll call this home. Well, and did you ever think you'd come back to Baltimore? No, like I never came to Baltimore before moving here. Um, my so when I moved back, I was trying to figure out like where I wanted to go next. Right. My sister ended up getting sick, and she was in uh, like University of Maryland mm -hmm. for a while. And so I would come up visit all that good stuff. And while I was here, I was just kind of like, hmm, Baltimore is kind of cool. Like I could I could definitely live here. And so I signed a lease like on a random Monday. My <laughs> parents were like, what? You're moving to Baltimore? You know, because everything for them was really Northern Virginia or D.C. because right. my stepdad's from D.C. So we just never came to Baltimore. And we mm -hmm. lived 20 minutes from Baltimore. Right. So um, I came and never looked back. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. That, that's that's yeah. crazy because you said you never really went into it, but now you just like found a lease. And yeah. what was like your first gig working in Baltimore? Like what was your first job when you got here? I was teaching and I actually okay. was teaching in Charles County. So I lived in Baltimore and drove 50 miles each Southern way. Southern Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> For Ooh. a whole year. Folks, let yeah. me give you a diagram. That's like going west and south of Baltimore. Yeah. 
because wow. I didn't have a job first. And then, because I wasn't, I didn't know what I was going to do. And so, yep, I drove. But it, you know what? I always say I wanted to live um, somewhere like where I wanted to hang out. I could mm. drive to work. I didn't want to live in Waldorf, Maryland. Mm. No. <laughs> so I woke up there. and I drove down there every day. Yeah. I, I, when I lived in Baltimore, I would go, I used to work outside of Landover, PG. Mm-hmm. And the cool part was I could go to D.C. for a happy hour exactly. drink, but I could always come back home. Yep. And it was always cool. I never wanted to live out that way, but it was like I always wanted to live in a city. Yeah. And I thought cities are always just a cool place to live. Absolutely. And so, I mean, I, and I love Baltimore. Just like you yeah. love Baltimore. Yeah. And Once I'm, you get here, it's one of those places that just it just pulls you in. People say that all the time. Like they they don't they think they're gonna leave, and then something just keeps holding. <laughs> it does. Baltimore's a hard place to leave. You know, I've it told is. myself several times, do I ever do I want to live here? Do I want to raise my kids here? And I love I love the city. Right. I love everything about it. I love the flavor. I love everything that you learn from people. It's just hard knocks, but it's like yeah, real people. And that's why people love Baltimore City because it's real people. Absolutely. And authentic. And they're going to tell you how they feel about you. Facts. There's no half-stepping around it. They'll tell you, hey, I just don't really like you. That's all it is about it. But that's what I love about Baltimore. So, like, we're going to get into your career. We're going to get to all that stuff when we get back after these messages, folks. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there's something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, online ordering, carry out, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Hartford Road. Open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. Or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com and you too can be filled by Zeke's. The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly partnered with Maggie's Farm. Located at 4341 Hartford Road, Maggie's Farm offers a unique dining experience with delicious handcrafted cocktails and mouth-watering cuisine from falafels to scallops and everyone's favorites, honey sriracha cauliflower wings. Open for dinner from 4 p.m. until 10 p.m., Tuesday through Saturday, and for brunch, Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. with delectable chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, biscuits and gravy, and more. Check out Maggie's Farm on Instagram and Facebook for daily and weekly food specials. No Picks After Dark is sponsored by Snug Books, an independent bookstore serving Northeast Baltimore and beyond. In addition to featuring new books for all ages, the store also carries cards, stationery, gifts, games, and more. Visit snugbooks.com to shop online, learn more about the store, read our latest newsletter, and find a calendar of events, or come browse the store in person. Snug Books is located at 4717 Hartford Road, next to Zeke's Coffee in Hamilton, Laurelville. There is free parking behind the store and open hours are Tuesday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And folks, we are back and uh, I'm so excited to talk to Ms. Alicia about her life. So now you work, you left the industry of being a teacher and now you're doing your thing. 
You started an Instagram page. Or was it Instagram or was it a blog, Discovery Charm? So how did it start? So it really just started. Instagram had just really like started taking off. And I was at a point of, I'd lived in Baltimore for like, I don't know, two years at that point. And I just wanted to discover Charm City. <laughs> and so um, I was like, okay, I don't care who wants to come with me or not. Like, I'm going to go do this. So I was dating someone at the time and like, they just weren't really that interested in going and seeing what the city had to offer. They like staying in their one neighborhood, which is what a lot of people like to do, but that's not what I wanted. So I started just like waking up in the morning and this is when everyone still had like Google calendars. <laughs> How they kept up with that, I don't know. So I would go online and like Google events in Baltimore and go to different people's websites and they'd have like all their events. And I started writing down things because I am a total researcher. So then from there on my um, Instagram, I would just post those events. And I really was using Instagram as my own calendar. So I would remember. Mm. And this is before stories or anything. So these are just like on the feed. So people could just go there and see what's kind of happening in Baltimore. And I never posted myself or anything. So no one even knew who was running this page. And it just kept growing because a lot of people didn't know what was really happening in Baltimore, how to get out and explore it. And I just so happened to kind of capitalize on that when I really wasn't trying. It was really for me and my page just happened to be open for everyone else. So it's just started growing. And then, um, I don't know, I, I did that for maybe two years of not showing myself at all. And when I started dating my now husband, he was like, Hey, you know, you're going to have to like show yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so once I did, the cool part with that was I feel like my demographic was definitely mostly white. And then when I showed myself, like the, it just all different types of people started following. And I loved seeing that. I think, you know, as black people, we need to trust our source. (laughs) And so I think when they saw someone that looked like them, it says, oh, okay, like, cool. I'm going to, I can go explore these places as well. Um, And that was the best part for me. I'm so glad I ended up doing that. I love that. I love that story because, you know, when I first started my podcast, similar like yours, I just, I didn't put my picture out there a lot. Yeah. It was just like generic. Mm-hmm. And people, I met with a millennial marketing. She's very great. A very great, great person. She's like, your show could be the dopest show in the world, but nobody knows who you are. Exactly. Your friends know who you are, but how are people going to know who you are? Mm-hmm. So then I was like, I guess I got to put my face out I there. guess so. And I hate social media. <laughs> I hate social media. I know, media. we talked about that. I, if, you know, if this podcast ended tomorrow, everything would be poof and gone. You would mm-hmm. never, you'd be like, did this really exist? So I I, I commend your husband saying, hey, you got to get out of here. <laughs> but also, it's very important, and my theme of this year has been representation matters. Mm-hmm. When I see black food bloggers, black female bloggers, anything like, I'm like, let me support them right away. Yeah. Um, just because I know what it is out here. Mm-hmm. And you were on Instagram when Instagram was cool. Yeah. That's when it was like really Insta. <laughs> right. Like we were right. in the moment and, you know, posting. Right. Now it's like, Ugh. you know, I don't have to post for two weeks and just, po- you know, do it then. And whenever I kind of feel like it, but it's the algorithms are all messed up and you never know what's kind of going on. So it's definitely a different game from when I first started for sure. So once you came out picture and like you're, this is who you are. 
you gained a bigger audience. Absolutely. And you had a nine to five job, Charles Street, where you said you work in the area? So or? I was looking for a new job okay. and I was like, this Charles Street development thing kind of came up and I'm like, oh, what is this? And what I loved was the interview was send a video on why you love Charles Street. Slam dunk. Right, right, right. <laughs> Done. So I went um, and just walked Charles Street because I live on Charles Street. And then I also understood social media. So I just made a video and sent it. And I knew I was getting that job. And so it went into the interview. It was great. The people were lovely. They really care about Charles Street and all of the stakeholders there. Um, and so it was a perfect match. And again, I don't think that that position has ever been one that someone's held for a very long time because, you know, it's just kind of you move on to something else. But now I'm going on five years in September. And it's something that I just really love because it just ties everything together with what I really believe in and have a passion for. Plus they really support Discover Charm City and let me do my thing while, you know, still handling my responsibilities with Chelsea Development. So it's been wonderful. And with all that responsibility, I mean, I know behind the scenes you do help out other businesses in the community. Yes. Um, um, shout out to Fishnet, because uh, that's my girl. I got to <laughs> shout her out. Kia, what's up, girl? I know you're probably not watching, but we're going to put you out here. But um, I know you worked with her and some other businesses. Um, what made you want to do that, to help other small entrepreneurs? What made you, I mean, you got a lot of things on your plate. You have your own Discovery Charm. You got your own job 9 to 5. And now, you, now you're hopping in a different arena. Like, what made you You know, it that? just naturally, you know, happened. I think me and you have talked about it, where you're just a person that, it comes easy for you to want to help other people and jump in. And, uh, you know, sometimes we give a lot more than we probably should. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you care and you want to see someone do well, and I also know how difficult it is for business owners, like you're trying to survive, build, but then now you have to worry about social media. So if I can, you know, come in and try to help a little bit with some coaching or, you know, take over and at least help you have a presence on social media, because, it's not going anywhere and it's a free platform for you to, you know, make sure people know that you're even, you know, here, then I'm going to do that. Um, so that's just really how that happened. But, you know, we've talked about this as well. Like I want to help people who want to be helped. Like I can't, it's so easy for me because it become it comes so easy to just jump in and take over and do it. But I'm learning to like, I can only help people who, really want to help themselves, you know? And that's a difficult that. thing but for no, helpers like us. We're helpers. <laughs> like, like you know, I, I've helped many people in the podcast game behind the scenes. Yeah. And I will do anything I can do. Like, I had one of my good friends, Chamari Fleming, shout out to her. She, I got to, I got to yeah. talk to you about her. She's a black female author. She's written three love black books. Love that. And it's amazing. And... She was like, hey, can you do, uh, you know, uh, a book signing? Like, not a book signing, but like talk about my book coming out, release party. No problem. No problem. And we did it. And she was like, wow, you really just made it happen. I was like, this is what I do. Exactly. This is what I do. So you were really cool. I'm like, and she had an event this past week and I wish I could have made. And I couldn't make it. Yeah. And this place gave her a space to do it. And I really went, but we want to help out others. And whatever I can do to elevate it. I'm learning a way on my way. Right. Like, again, from where I've gotten, I've had help to get my podcast to where it is right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. And whatever I can do to help the next person out, this is free game. Yeah. This is free knowledge. If, if somebody says, who do you got a videographer? 
Got my guy right here. Yeah. You need a photographer. Got my guy right here. Got Yeah, like- we're always... I, I know for me, it's like I always want to put someone else on. Like, there's been plenty of gigs that have come my way that I'm like... Nope, that's not for me, but let me tell you who you should call, right. you know, because I'm not going to say yes to everything because it's not for me. I mean, we've talked about certain things that would have mm-hmm. been awesome opportunities for me, but if I know in my heart, like there's someone else out there that really has worked their ass off to like get in that position, I'm going to put them there if I can, you know. When did you know you had something like when you like, when did you know when you were like, damn, like. People are really following. People are really listening. People are really understanding what I'm doing out here. Like, when did you, was that like an aha? Was that a nervous moment where you're like, wow? Like, I mean, because let's shout out, folks. She has a huge Galentine's party every year. It was that one, was that uh, the horseshoe one year, right? Yeah, that was it, that the was last a- one. I've done, I do Galentine's Day with Sentimental Fools. Okay. Um, you know, I don't know if, and this is something for this year I'm working on, it's like, you know, I just go, 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 right? Like I, I do something and then I move on to the next thing because that's just what I do. So <laughs> I'm trying to take more time to like stop and actually give myself more props for like, Alicia, like you did that. Like you put that together and I do it with like nothing. <laughs> but again, when you're like kind to people, you help and you're not asking for anything, like then people want to come back and give to you as well. So I'm so grateful for folks in Baltimore who have just been so kind to me and also want to help me like succeed. But I don't really know if I am at that point yet of like understanding what I've actually, you know, done in Baltimore. Mm. Um, Even when it comes down, I think, uh, you know, doing gal poly events, I look back, I started doing that with like seven women Mm -hmm. that I just decided to say like, you know what? I want friends. I want gal pals in the city. So how about I pull these other ladies together that I've met out by myself, going to events, stepping out of my comfort zone, walking Mm. into rooms that I don't know anyone in, and I'm going to pull them together. Um, And then for it to grow to something where we can have something at the horseshoe and have 400 plus women there, that is something that, you know, is amazing. And I have to acknowledge that. Um, And then just some of the other opportunities that have come my way where you don't know when people are watching you. I mean, I know you brought up the Under Armour thing earlier. That was something that was completely unexpected. And then to learn like it be a global campaign like me global campaign uh, no, we, like we, what uh, we were all, we were, we were <laughs> offline we were offline about that we yeah. didn't talk hold up. And, oh, sorry. We, we forgot we forgot <laughs> folks I, I i forgot to get my marker paul oh you got your marker because she was on under armor she was on under armor like wall of fame i'm like but well we, we actually we can go there we used to down armor yeah. thing as somebody walking in and you saw that picture of yourself on the wall what did you, what was, did you cry? Did you say, mama, I made it? Did you say, like, did you say, I mean, like, honestly, you know, like, when you see something like that, it's you. It's, it's you. Like, I think, so I'll be honest. Like, what happened? I, Give us a background how that all happened. So background, just some amazing people at Under Armour, well, not people, women at Under Armour had just wanted to use more local like people and campaigns. And I really do focus on uh, Gal Poly events, which is really, you know, like doing some wellness and fitness stuff. And I am on my own journey with my health. And so um, they had just 
been watching and thought I was doing a good job and wanted to highlight that. Mm. And um, so they had asked, but I honestly, in the beginning, I thought it was just going to be like a, like social media, like local, like thing, nothing big like that. And then to learn it was going to be a global campaign. I honestly cried a lot because I just wasn't, I wasn't sure about putting my body, you know, out there, you know, I'm in a sports bra and like tight pants, you know, all the different angles, all these different things. And so it was definitely something that I had to like work through. And when I saw the pictures, I broke down, I cried like so hard. And it was such a powerful moment for myself because I knew that I'm going to like cry now. (laughs) I just knew that like the representation of one someone who's black, who has natural hair, who's also considered plus size. Um, and the fact that I knew that other women and particularly young girls were going to see that and finally be able to see someone that might look like them and might have the same body type as them and to know that like they could do that. Um, so it was something that was really, really, really cool. It was awesome for my parents to be like in Virginia and see it or like people sending it from other states um, in in dick stores, all these different things that I just was like, I cannot believe this is happening. And so that just taught me that like you just never know who's watching you and who puts you like these women put me in position that like no one else could have done that and really believed in me and still great friends with them. And so I just, I really appreciate that I got the opportunity. That's something that will stick with me forever. Hey, we listen, <laughs> we have to give people their flowers while they're on this, on this earth and give you props or props or deal. Okay. Ask the young people say flowers. Um, representation matters again. Like it does. You just said. It does. It goes a long way. It does. It goes a long way when you walk in a store and see somebody who looks like you doing something major. Um, just talking with the major people in the Baltimore city and talking with them, they're like, Hey, what do you need? What can, how can we help you? Yeah. And that's reassuring when you hear those type of things. Absolutely. And when you send that email, they email you back like, Oh, <laughs> and it's interesting. You said something that's very important and we'll get to it, but we'll get to it. You said, you don't know who's watching you. That's the key. And we'll get into that a little bit further. Yeah. Who's watching you because that's very important. Let's talk about you more. Cause again, this is your show. <laughs> How is your mental health? Meaning, like, how are you going through all this? You're, you're doing so many amazing things. How do you keep yourself sane? Because everybody wants you. Everybody wants to pull. Yeah. How do you keep yourself sane? How do you do it? Um, I don't know. I think the number one thing is setting boundaries. And I'm really good at setting boundaries. And I think that's from teaching. Okay. <laughs> um, just with, you know, whatever. If I say something... Um, then I mean it. And so um, with setting boundaries and really just taking time to check in on with myself, um, and especially I, I could feel that there was a shift happening with me. And so um, for 2022 in particular, I, I felt it when I was turned 35, honestly, like in November. I just felt like, okay, I really need to check in with myself and see, you know, how am I doing? Am I happy with where I'm at? Do I want to like change some things up or what? So I'm kind of on this journey of, I guess like self-discovery again. Um, And maybe I will find out that I am perfectly fine with where I'm at. And I am, but like that I'm cool with where I am and I'm just going to continue on this, uh, on this path. Or maybe it is some things that I want to change. I think, you know, sometimes as creatives, um, 
it took me a while to be able to say that I'm a creative. Um, so I'm proud to be able to say that. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, sometimes you get, like, stagnant. I'm like, am I doing what I need to be doing? I also am questioning, well, talking to God about, like, am I using the gifts that were given to me in the right way? I don't know. Um, so I'm spending time controlling the things I can control mm. so that I have um, more freedom to just sit and listen and feel what's right for me. You know, you said something that was very hard for me to even say. You said creative. And do you consider yourself an influencer? So it gets back to like, I feel everyone is an influencer. Okay. I think that it just depends on how you're, how you're doing. I mean, I just so happen to have a platform mm -hmm. that just gets to a lot more people. But you know, I have friends that, like you, like they don't even go on social media or anything and they're huge influences in my life. So I, I think, I guess I'm an, well, <laughs> an influencer, you know? I mean, all of the emails that come to me to do campaigns say influencers, so. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, I've heard things that are like, they're, Aaron, you're an influencer. I'm like, well, Aaron, you're in media. I'm like, well, I'm a little bit closer to media yeah. than the influencer thing. But, but media what, influences. Oh, don't say that. Like, oh, I like, how you, I like how you said that now. You got me thinking. I, you know, I, I, it was hard for me to hear that. Yeah. Because I always fought that stereotype. I was like, listen, because for me, it was always a negative thing. It does sound negative. And, I mean, yeah. You know, we, I'm really going to respond because Paul and I, I'm going to take a video and we're like, you know, can we make eating a five to $10 hamburger normal again? Yeah. Can we, because every time I look at Instagram, I'm like, that's $50. That's $60. Mm -hmm. Who are you talking to? No, exactly. Who you, who, who, that, and that's what I wonder. Like, you know, I have two kids. I'm not going to Capitol Grill tomorrow night. I'm probably going to go get some chicken nuggets and some yeah. fries and call it a day. Like, right. But you know what I mean? Like, no, or no, no, I get it. Or apple. But, you know, I always think we have to realign a lot of things out here. Yeah. And we really got to understand, like, the audiences out here. You know, I remember when I first started doing the social media thing with the podcast, I was obsessed with the likes. Like, it was scary. It was like, yeah. I'm damn near 40 years old wearing <laughs> bust my like in my photo. I mean, that's like, what it does, my, you and, know? And I had to pull myself back mentally and yeah. say, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't have Facebook for five or six years. Right. Why am I worried about this? Exactly. Why do I have to worry about what's going on, what somebody likes? Do what makes me happy and be authentic. And I think you have to know what type of person you are, right? I think that um, for myself, I, again, I don't know what it is. The social media just hasn't really, I don't really care about it. Like mm -hmm. as far as the likes and things like that. Like if you look at um, uh, my followers, well, my IG fam, it's at 21,000. It's been at 21,000 for like, I don't know, a year or so. Like, I'm not working at, ooh, I need to gain more mm. followers. Like, whatever. The right people are seeing it, and hopefully they're passing it on to other folks who might be interested. But if I don't gain another follower for the rest of the time I'm on IG, I don't really care. Because at the end of the day, the events that I'm putting on are selling out. Mm -hmm. Like, the right people are coming. I'm mm -hmm. still getting the calls that I need to, you know, get. If I wanted to become a full-time influencer... I could. It's just a matter of, is that what I want to do? Mm. Mm. And I'm struggling with that, right? Because um, I'm trying to decide, is that next? 
I don't know. Well, you know, I look <laughs> at it. So you have another event that sells out really, really big one. I wish I would have went to it this year. Tell us about that event. Uh, Feastable. Yes, talk about Feastable. How so, did that all come about? What is that all about? Feastable, I just sit on um, the the uh, like board to help put that um, event on. Um, it is in support of Sister Fibrosis Foundation. Um, I got involved with that, um, I think, like 2016. Um, but that event in particular is very fun because it pulls food um, into the mix, food and drinks. And it is a great event because, uh, yes, we do use a lot of food influencers, and they are amazing to help with that event. Mm-hmm. And these restaurants are donating all the food to really raise money for CF. Mm-hmm. Um so it's just something fun that I really love to help with because um, everybody that's on that committee is working their putts off to get sponsors, to get the restaurants to, you know, participate. So if I can just get my friends, like literally people that I work with at these, you know, the foodie stuff to help. Yeah, that's the little bit that I can at I least help with, you know. I, I remember <laughs> I um, one of our mutual friends, uh, Latoya. Yep. She's like, you gotta go get a ticket. You know how it is. Yeah. I'm late. I'm last. And I look up, sold up. I'm like, damn. Yeah. So, I mean, I, so I was stuck watching stories on Instagram. I'm like, I wish I could be there. Yeah. I wish I could be there. I mean, I'm so thankful. Again, like we said, like in Baltimore, everyone typically wants to help. So to have all of these foodie lifestyle bloggers, like really, you know, we're not paying them or anything to help. Like they just do it because they know it's a great cause. Plus it's highlighting all these businesses that are in Baltimore. Um, I mean, I'm just so thankful that they like me enough to, (laughs) to help and do that and make that event successful because, you know, all that money goes to helping people who have CF. And so I'm just grateful. Well, again, I'm grateful to have you on the show because you're doing so many amazing things <laughs> in the community. And we want to highlight women, especially black women, who are doing it in society. Because, again, we just saw, had Codetta. I mean, yeah, from I Maya, love, from love, love, like, love her. We have a Black Girls Rock, you know, a Black yeah. Girls event. And it's like we, we need to do things like that to celebrate Absolutely. black women. And, again, I always saw people in TikTok. The time influencers were, never, were not black women at all. And yeah. that blows my mind how many people are on TikTok. Right. And the, they're not even top. We're not even top. So, you know, your message is putting out there. We, we, we need you. Thank we need you. need you out here. And whatever journey you go on, please take your time. Yeah. Don't let, like you said, do it for you. Absolutely. And it's always that mission of like, where do I want to be? You know, like, again, I don't know where this podcast is going to take me. I didn't think I'll be interviewing you or all these famous Baltimore people. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, right. Um, but now we're here, and we've got to make sure our voices are loud and clear and people hear what messages we're giving out there. Absolutely. Celebrating. So do you have anything coming up that's really exciting that you want to talk about? Um, we, I do want to say, um, do you want to give you your shot on, she had a beer at a certain place <laughs> that sold out, and how quick did it sell out? Honestly, I don't know. I think it was like that weekend. It yeah. was like gone. <laughs> it, was, it was a beer at a certain place that sold out that quickly. Yeah. And that's huge. And that's huge because that means people love what you got going on. I really appreciate everyone's support with that. That was such a cool experience. And to post about it and people were excited about it and went out and really showed out. I was just awe in awe about it. <laughs> that's great. That's great, though. I mean, we, we, we want to support any other events you think coming up that you might be putting on that for us 2022 or yeah i actually um 
Well, is this breaking news? Is, I this, know. <laughs> is this breaking? Or you can hold off on it. No, no, no. I mean, I just realized this won't play until like March. But no, I'm just kind of taking my time. Okay. I'm really getting back to the roots of doing smaller gal poly events. So I've already hosted two. I have one coming up this week and really getting back to that small, intimate space so that, you know, we can remind each I want to remind the women that are coming to these events of like what it means to be a gal pal, what it means to support Baltimore, what it means to get out and explore and step out of your comfort zone. So getting back to that. And uh, I think that's what I'll continue to do throughout the rest of 2022. I'm hoping to bring back gal pal fitness events. Wow. I got some stuff in the work for that. But yeah, I, I'm also just rediscovering Baltimore um, again, especially after the pandemic. And um just giving myself time to fall back in love with the city. I love it. I love it. All right, real quick questions for you. Yeah. Brunch or dinner? Brunch. What's your favorite meal at brunch? Oh, that's hard. Um. Oh, well, I always go for anything that's like, um, like a bowl, like anything that's like mixed with a whole bunch of like different stuff. I like that. Okay. Snowballs <laughs> or ice cream? Snowball. All right. So here's a crabs <laughs> or crab cakes. I mean, honestly, I'm gonna go with crab cakes, okay. but. Rarely ordering any of that. <laughs> okay, okay. Your favorite cocktail? Oh, um, a sidecar. Okay. <laughs> what is the best advice you've ever received? Just give it time. Okay. Where can we find you on social media? Where can we find you on TikTok, Twitter, all that good stuff? Everything is at Discover Term City. All right. Any, <laughs> any last thing to say to the folks? No, thank you so much for having me. Like, this was amazing. And yeah, just continue to... Um, support Baltimore, uh, get out there and explore it. Folks, you heard it here. <laughs> Love, peace, happiness around. Baltimore Fiscal Partners is a boutique CPA firm specializing in accounting and consulting services for nonprofits, small businesses, and with experience running nonprofits and small businesses, they know that there's not always enough time at the end of the day for you to focus on your finances, whether it's monthly bookkeeping or an annual audit, tax preparation, or consulting, nonprofit or small business. Baltimore Fiscal Partners provides full range or tailored solutions.